Hey, Jamie, I've got a question for you. What do you want, Tom? Who's on the podcast this coming Friday? Oh, is it someone big? Boy. Is uh, it a big one? Shall I bother listening this week? Yeah. If I was going to say uh, take. And I would say off no, your trousers. No, no. Take. Me out. No, take. Paddy McGuinness. No, take. Take on me. Take that. Wow. Have a little patience. But hang on, presumably you've only, you haven't got all three of them, have you? Presumably you've just got one of them. Buddy, we have all three of them on the podcast. They've released a new album. It's coming out. They're going on tour. They talk about the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, on everything that happened in Take the That. The ins, the outs. And they reveal it all this Friday. Exclusively. On Private Parts. That's a big one. I'm going to listen to that. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, you know what? I'm not even going to do the work for you. Just, what would you say? Is it is that a tough question to be like, if you were to describe your vibe? I'm a grime artist. But I feel like I'm uh, I'm just an artist all round. Uh-huh. Um, I'd say mostly a rap artist just because I don't um, always do grime. Yeah. There's a lot of my songs where I'll incorporate singing or there's a lot of kind of um, melodic music and... Just, I feel like I'm just a vibe, you know. If I was to, <laughs> if I was to describe myself, I would just say it's a vibe, and whatever vibe I'm feeling, I just go but with. You've done grind more recently, isn't it? Yeah. The so first one was wait, what was it called? Ho Ho Diaries. Ho Diaries. Yeah. So that's the that's the <laughs> that's more rap, isn't it? Yeah. So I say Ho Diaries is more rap. Um, but do you know what? I was actually listening to Little Kim. How many licks? in the car on the way here yeah, yeah. that's not what inspired Whole Diaries but listening to it I was thinking Whole Diaries is kind of like a gay modern version of How Many Licks yeah, yeah, yeah. like just talking about you know all the different guys and like different things that I've been doing with them and stuff like that so that just really kind of for real yeah We're in, we are in a time at the moment where you know um, fluidity openness mm-hmm. um, uh, expression is, is more in, well there's more of uh People are, are, are being heard more yeah. than, than ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely still silencing. It's definitely not easy. Mm-hmm. But from your perspective, was there any kind of stress? Was there any? Was it difficult for you mentally to to go out into the world, consciously entering into a world rife with homophobia and with men who were, I'd say, quite narrow-minded, mm. um, or maybe not even just men? What did? What, how did that feel? I feel like, if I'm being honest, in the beginning, I never thought about that. I never even thought that, you know, these people are going to judge me or, you know, me being gay, people um, are going to have so much shit to say about me. I didn't think 
about that so much. It may have like crossed my mind, but it was just a passing thought. I think what's fucked me up more is the bigger I get, the more people have to say about me. Do you get what I mean? And I never really kind of, you know, when it's like, oh my gosh, I want to be big. But you you think, you think you're going to do it. And you, in your heart, believe you're going to do it. But then when you actually start to do it, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. Yeah, right. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm seeing my face um, on these different um, channels and stuff yeah, like that. I'm yeah. seeing people have so much shit to say about me. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like processing all of it and not letting it affect you. Because if you let it, it will fuck you up. And I've always been that type of person that feeds off of the negativity and pushes it. Yeah, we were saying this before. I'm yeah. By that. It's kind of almost like a, you, you're transfer your taking an energy and changing it into another one. I have to. I have I, to. I feel that. I felt, I've always felt like a bit of an outcast. And I, I remember when I first started making music, I'm, yo, I actually used to just get the, the shit like that. I mean, and, and, I, and I, I remember thinking, well, I've got nothing to lose then. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah. I just work harder. You're, you're confident that in those spaces, your only mindset is like, ah, right, cool. You're, you're encouraging me to carry on being me. The thing is, it has to be because if I start thinking negative, because... The fact of the matter is, there is no other me than this. So I can't change. I I couldn't even if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. So it's either I spin the negative, turn it into a positive, or I stop doing music altogether. You know, so it's it's just one of them things where I have to turn negatives into positives because I'm not going to stop doing music. It's what I love doing. Yeah. And I can't change myself because it's who I am. Yeah. So that's just my only option. Think I'm in love with a singer. Yeah, but I want to get richer. Life threw me a bag of lemons. No wonder I'm bitter. Well, have you always been conscious of your mental health? In the same way you say you know you're going like, I can't let it. Do you know what? I have actually. And it says I've gotten older. Because you don't realise how important mental health is mm. until you start getting older. I feel, anyway, for me. Yeah. Until you start getting older, you start experiencing different things, you start meeting different people, and then you really you realise that, you know, um, how important your mental health is because even little things like having arguments with people, breaking breakups, you know, stuff like that, Agreed. it can just, yeah, it can just send you on such a downward spiral. Yeah, yeah. And I can't... And even... It could even be nothing, and it could just be something like wanting to get somewhere, like me wanting to get nowhere I want to get to, but I feel like I can't get there. And then all of a sudden, you know, I wake up and I'm maybe depressed and feel down. I don't want to leave the bed, you know. It's just so much frustration. Sometimes you you cry for no reason, yeah. all because you have this dream that you're trying to make a reality, and maybe there's, you know, um, barriers in the way. Do you get what I mean? Obstacles yeah. in the way. Um, yeah. And you don't realise that. Mental health is such an important part of your makeup. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel I feel like now I'm so conscious of my mental health. I always try to keep good people around me. I always try to keep positive thoughts. Um, and yeah, I just try not to get down on myself. Positive thoughts. I think all gay men have that time where they they doubt themselves, right. you know, and they're not sure if they're not they're not sure what route they want to kind of take yeah. in life. They're not sure if they want to. Um, come out and you know accept themselves fully and live their life in their truth or whether they want to just continue hiding it because sometimes not being funny sometimes hiding it can be better than coming out it depends on what circumstance you're in you know um in terms of like personal safety in yeah in terms of personal safety um because not being funny i've i've came out when i left school because i used to fight in school to make sure i never got bullied anything like that and i was like i'm never going to come out in school waited till after i finished school then i came out 
And for me, with my family and my mother, everything was just amazing. I'm able to be who I am now. However, sadly, not everybody has that. Not everybody has that support system. Yeah. And I think a support system, whether it's family or friends, is so crucial when, you know, coming out and when living in your truth, you have to... And I think as gay people, one thing that is amazing about us and our communities, we can create our own families if our yeah. families, you know, don't accept us. Huh. I used to um, have girlfriends that I never used to really do anything with. Yeah. By the way. But then, like, <laughs> when I was in um, year nine... That's when I had my first sexual experience with a guy. Really? In the boys' toilets. Yeah. And, um... Do you know how you did, used to be in touch with that person? No, I'm not in touch with him. Well, did he ever come out? <laughs> um, no. I don't even think he's come out I to this day. so interesting. Is that... Do you reckon you guys are the only two guys who had this experiences like that? Probably not. Within that school? Oh. Obviously not. <laughs> Generally. Yeah, yeah. You're the only two guys who've ever had <laughs> secret gay sex. I'm not sure. I find it bizarre how... You can have this have masculinity, and yet a girl, for example, can have a sexual experience with another girl. Yeah, and it, and mm-hmm. she can still be straight. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. We've conditioned men to think that they're meant to be a certain way. Yeah, and that they're meant to be masculine, and that you know homosexuality is wrong, and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like <clears throat> it then, because when you suppress something so much, like let's say somebody that that is gay, right? You suppress it, suppress it, suppress it, suppress it eventually it's going to get out. Yeah. So you're telling men, be like this, be like this, be like this, and they're not like that. Eventually, they're going to slip up, so to speak. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, men crave, I feel like men crave intimacy from other men, maybe not even sexually, but because let's say um, a father and son, mm. you know, a dad will very rarely hug his children, you know, that his other son, let's say, will very re- rarely hug his son, will very rarely, you know, say, I love you, you know, things like that. And then they're not getting that um, intimacy from um, from their male figure, so they then crave that intimacy from other that's men. Right. Do you get what I mean? What's your, what, if you want me asking, what's your relationship like with your dad? I've never had a relationship with my biological dad. Right. Who I call my dad, he's not blood, he's not my biological father, okay. but he raised me alongside my mother. They, okay. my, him and my mum have never been together, like in a relationship, Whoa. but they've been friends. Whoa. Yeah. And he like took me under his wing. And that's who I call my dad. Yo, so what's he, how did he take you? Oh, yeah, his, yeah, his loves me and accepts me and stuff like that. Do you know who your biological father is? Yeah, I know him, but I've never had a relationship with him. And I used to really, like, fuck me up as a kid. Damn right. I've got this song called My Life, which is on SoundCloud, and it kind of talks a bit about that. Really? Yeah. Do you know what, like, I remember as a kid, like, crying my eyes out. Really? And my mum, like, I remember used to tear her up because she couldn't do anything about it. You know, and I feel like that's why... But at least you're expressing, I suppose, the sadness to an extent. Yeah, exactly. What would you say has been your best period of mental well-being? Probably, I went to uni Come on. for like five minutes. Brilliant. Just through like the freshers, period. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. And that was like... The thing is, like, this, I wasn't even doing my music then. Mm-hmm. Very, like, um, very loosely, Colchester. I'll yeah. That. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a good uni. Yeah. But <laughs> I feel like when I went down the parties, met so many people, I was literally living my best life. 
And I feel like that was the... How does it feel adjusting to the real world? It's hard. It's definitely hard because I don't think people understand when you go to uni, you're in this bubble. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? You're like an adult, but you're not really, you know, in the real world. I think we kind of touched on it, but what would you say has been your worst period of, of, of mental well-being? I feel like we maybe touched on it with the childhood. Period. Yeah. I'd say that time of my life. And also, even sometimes recently, really thinking about where I want to get to, as I said. How do you mean? Like... Thinking of what I want to achieve. Yeah, it does. It's stressing me out because there's so many things that I want to do and I'm very impatient. Hate waiting. So many things that I want to do and I feel like there's so many different things that I've got to think about and so many um, kind of resources that I may not have and I'm like, oh, how am I going to do this without having this? And it then ends up bumming me out. Builds you up. Mm. So we have an initiative called Whole Hour, which is like encouraging people to do something with their time outside of the world of virtual reality. What would you do with your Whole Hour? It can be stuff, something like people swimming, running, yoga. With writing lyrics, is that is that a form of therapy for you? Definitely. I think because I, I always like when I'm writing, I just say whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Even if let's say I'm in a state of mind that I don't want to talk to anyone about, I'll then write it down. Yeah. So that's I think, powerful. Yeah, definitely. That's super powerful. It's like a therapy session. Was there a moment when you realised that you wanted to be a musician? And aside of your own career. What has there ever been like a song or an album that's that will just brings an emotion and what that emotion is and why? Can I answer that one first? Right, it's <laughs> Janae Aiko, uh-huh. sold out. Right, I don't know if you've listened to that. No, have you, do you listen to Janae? Aiko? I have, but not consciously. She is my spirit animal, is it? Like, literally, she just takes me to a different universe altogether. Yeah, I think. That album, I don't think there's any song that I skip. Amazing. Listen to the whole thing all the way through, over and over again. And it's just an inspiration. Inspiration, definitely. I've always loved music, and I've done music in school and stuff like that. I used to sing in assemblies and all that kind of stuff, and um, then started rapping when I was in about year 10. Was you singing assembly? Yeah. What? Oh, what? Yeah, what kind of thing? Silent Night, the Chris... Hymns. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Is it? Yeah, but what singing before? You used to sing like um, Michael Jackson, Ben. I don't know. Has he got when he's talking about the mouse. And the thing is, like, everyone used to love it. And people used to tear up. And, like... You used to reduce your school to tears singing about a mouse called Ben. Mm-hmm. That's powerful, man. I was the shit. Like, I was a bit of a school celebrity. Don't lie. When it came to, and like... if someone said otherwise, just beat him up. Exactly. See, I'm not sure about that, but... <laughs> No, but, like, in school, I had a very good school life. Do you get what I mean? Apart from when I got older, and I feel like people started to suss that I was a bit, you know, gay. Queer. Mm. Queer energy. Yeah. So, and I remember the first time um, someone took my Aid, right? This was before I started fighting. Someone took my Aid. I went home to my uncle's, and I was like, oh, someone took my Aid," And my uncle slapped me. Whoa. And it was like, if you ever let anyone take your Lucasade again, I'm going to beat you up. Would you do that with your child? No, I would... Mm, I do with my brother and sister. I don't slap them. You believe in a... I feel like your energy is that, like, you do have to fight for your own yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because after that, I wasn't getting licks again. Yeah, so if that. anyone was doing anything, I I had to fight them because I wasn't going home again. you stature, it. you know? I hate that. I know you hate it, but, like, I, I love how that. tall you are. 
Okay, you touched on this. This is a good point, actually, because this is a, that is a mental health thing, too. You seem insecure about your height. Yeah, I don't Can like Can we explain height. your relationship with it, please? I don't like my height. There's a few... There's a couple of things... Right. Go. Everyone that knows me will all... One word they'll say to describe me, they'll say that I'm vain. They'll all say that I'm vain, right? Yeah. I don't agree with it. I just feel like you have to look good. And take pride in your appearance. Yeah. However, okay. there's a couple of things I just don't like about myself. I don't like my height. If I could be shorter, I would be. Why? Because I feel like I like to look pretty and I feel like being... No, this is going to sound so bad and I don't mean it for tall people because there's two... We're only recording this. <laughs> two women and two men are beautiful. I'm talking about for me. I feel like if I was shorter, I would be happier. Why? Just because that's just how I feel. And I don't like my arms. What? Yeah. Why? Because I feel like... Because I'm, like, my body is, like, slim. I feel like my arms just stand out and they're very, like, manly. Even I'm a man. But still. You feel as though the size of your arms takes away from the femme energy that you want to put out there. Boom. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's interesting, though, isn't it? That's, like, quite... Because uh, you're holding yourself against what standards of beauty? But I'm holding myself to my standards, not anybody else telling me, because no one's ever said to me, oh, you're too tall. No one's ever said to me, oh, your arms are too big. Do you know what I mean? Right. This is me But does this actually affect myself. you, or is it just a little bit like... No, yeah, I don't... No, at the end of the day... Come no. on, I'm showing my arms now. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't affect me like that, to the point where I would never show my arms, I'd never... You know? So in if someone was... If there's a young, a young person out there listening to this podcast now... And they, you know they're looking at certain videos. They're looking at they got like a, you know they're, they're drawn to certain vibes and energies, but feels hidden. Mm. And they maybe don't have the current strength, whether that be physical or emotional, to be able to fight their way through it. What kind of advice would would you hand to that person who is feeling really up against it? Um, I would say that. Living your truth because once you do, you do feel ten times better. Yeah, I think that one thing that's always worked for me is I've never tried to be like anybody else. I've always, I've always tried to be like myself. Yeah, always wanted to be what I wanted to be. Do you know what I mean? I always wanted to look how I wanted myself to look, not influenced by anybody else or anything on television or anything like that. You know. Um, so yeah, I just say living your truth, and as I said, find that support system. Support system is a good shout. Definitely. And and I suppose that's one of the real upsides of the internet is that you have like access to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, if I never had a um, a strong support system, I don't think I could be where I am now. From what I understand, from my friends being being queer or otherwise, um, if you are in a minority of some kind, it's really important to have allies. Mm-hmm. Can you say a little bit about <laughs> the importance of allegiance? Def- I think one thing is knowledge. Knowledge is definitely power. Right. I done something recently called Batch at London. Yeah. Um. And oh yeah, they just did that web series. Yes. Yeah. 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 You on that? Yeah. Oh shit. I yeah. Check that. We went to Cyprus for two weeks. Oof. Oh, you were in the the main game. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. So okay. we was there, and um, I was the only openly gay femme man of colour there Yo, were people chatting shit because some of them man say mad stuff the first comment when I walked in the house was something about oh he's gonna rape you do you get what I mean like it's just so ignorant but when I left the house 
everybody loved me. Come on. Everybody was sad to see me go. All of the guys, you know, followed me on social media and, you know, still to this day talk to me, you know. Good. And I left and I said, gays are people too. <laughs> yeah. I've had a pleasure speaking to you, man. I've had a pleasure being here. Yeah, for real. Carnage kills. <laughs> what a vibe. Thank, Thank you for so having much, me. <laughs> Alright people, uh, really appreciate you listening, so make sure that you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify and Acast. Powered by Spirit Studios.